You literally just told me, hey, I'm grabbing my coffee real quick. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm going to just start talking right now. Sorry. I could have potted you up. Sorry. Just in my own little world over here. What are, you, uh, what are you doing over there? I was working on some audio. Then I saw I'd fallen behind on a couple of text messages that I need to return. Is everything okay? Yeah, we are. Is this pig related? This is not pig related. <laughs> that's not until after the show. Um, that's whenever I get to go to the barn, make sure all is well. It's not code for anything. That's what my life now. It's funny. Think, think about this trek for me on a Tuesday, Josh. All right? I get done with the show. I'm going to go to a barn to check on a pig. Then I'm going to go to a golf course for my daughter's golf lesson. And then we're going to go back to the barn to feed the pig. That's a full day, baby. Some some point in there, I got to fit in a podcast. I got a guest spot that I got. I mean, it's just so dumb. Things are going good. Uh, I also wanted to take a moment to send a big thank you. Uh, we thank you. I got a, a very nice letter from Pat Zumwalt, and I believe it's Boulevard, Missouri. Listens every day in Southwest Missouri. Thanks as well to the crew over at Fostering Futures, Cindy, for the the nice letter. The last time I opened a letter, you know, Ted gets all the mail up here, right? I mean, is that fair? A lot of it, yes. Ted gets all the mail. A lot of y'all want some autographs. Ted and Toby. Ted and Toby get a lot of mail. Toby's usually uh, begging for spotter boards (laughs) or to sign his book. Same for for Teddy. We, We very rarely. The last time I got a piece of mail... I don't know. I don't know what everybody's sending Teddy, but he gets a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff, and it's always piled up. But the last time I got a piece of mail that I op- that I threw here was like three years ago, whenever it was a softball fan that told me that during a radio play-by-play broadcast, I talk too much and I should watch ESPN <laughs> and do it like they do it. So you're saying not not all mail is created equally. Right, right. And I and I wanted to write back hey, dummy, that's TV, this is radio. If I do what they're doing, you'll have no idea what's going on. I don't have pretty pictures to go along with Also, it. next time, please just email me. Just email. So I, I, I did well. I didn't reply to that one. I, I, I saved the stationery. I think you're telling us too much of what's going on. What? Just let it breathe a little bit. Let it breathe a little bit. I don't need to know when the pitch is coming. Just after it hits, say what happened. Um, 405 651 That is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. <laughs> uh, did I say that right? 405 It's the best way to stay in touch with the show. So did you just reveal what uh, your latest piece of mail was? No. Th- yeah, it was just two thank you letters. They were both very kind uh, for the show, thanking us. Um, there was a softball fan in there, so that was nice. really cool. Good. Speaking of softball fans, Josh, I went to the uh, French Bakery of Choice for – uh, Coach Gasso yesterday on Main Street in Norman. I'm telling you what right now. I don't know how the sponsorship deals work out. I mean, TJ just started talking about Chick-fil-A. Then the next thing I know, there's a Chick-fil-A countdown clock out of nowhere. Pretty cool. I would like to just magically start getting La Baguette to show up in studio. We love La Baguette. La Baguette. Oh, dude, there is nothing bad in that place. There's nothing. Everything is good. Go get uh, lunch if you need it. I had lunch there yesterday. It's it's great. La Baguette. Sponsor get, the show. Get dinner there, too. While we're at it, um, I, we could use a car. So, I mean, any 
<laughs> Anyone? I mean, it's, I wouldn't mind that either. Anyway, I just thought to. I was so spoiled yesterday after the show. Lopagetti, are you kidding me? Yeah, very, very good. All right, um, Brent Venables coaches show yesterday, Sooner Sports Talk with Brent Venables. If you missed it, it is available on the Sooner Sports Podcast right now at Soonersports.com slash podcast. Before the break, we played this, which was Coach Venables giving us an update on on Jaron Kanick. And as it stands right now, and, and I'm sure we'll get a further update coming up in an hour and 30 minutes from now, this, to me, Josh Helmer, sounds like good news. He practiced uh, today, so uh, that's great, you know. So, again, just he's got to hit hard, and all the scans, everything came back good, and uh, he's a tough guy. But we'll, we'll still take care of him, you know. And, uh, but he was out there running around, you know, with his, uh, with his brother, long-lost brother, Lee I- Stutz. I- that's great. <laughs> Josh. What a what a duo! What a duo! Long lost brother. Meanwhile, uh, Toby Toby did ask Coach Venables about oh dude yeah every everything there bro. Someone said the little chocolate mice are delicious. Ev- everything at Labaget, everything at Labaget. I can't stop. I can't. I walk in. I you know what I never had before there, Josh? Their hamburger. Even their hamburger is good. Now, skinny fries, so Toby wouldn't be happy, but good stuff. Good stuff. How about get? Elite. Elite. You know who else is elite? Any of our car dealerships. Any of them. <laughs> Contact Perry Spencer for more information. Not picky with uh, <laughs> how elite they are. Uh, here is Coach Venables on Ted's take that it was the best defensive performance that he's seen in a minute. Teddy has seen a lot of really dominant performances. And situationally, we had some dominant moments, but top to bottom, not not quite there yet. But some real dominant moments where guys are like, what, what I love, they played incredibly hard. They played tough. We played physical. Um, you know, I thought Cincinnati did some nice things. And uh, but situationally, man, our guys bowed up. They never flinched, never backed down. Uh, we rose up, and 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 it was all different kinds of guys, which is what you like. You know, it wasn't just whether it was Keith Lawrence, it was Billy Bowman, it was Rondell Bothroyd, it was PJ, it was Danny, it was Jaron, it was uh, Woody, you know, uh, you know, there's a, a collection of, of guys that really get you excited, you know, and the guys are, they're, again, are, that, that, and again, we're, we're talking about defense, so I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm talking them up, but <laughs> the chemistry that they have and the love and respect that they have and then the, the respect they have for the game and, and the work that it takes to be good. I mean, these guys are – they know we're not anywhere close to where we could be. And um, so they're, they're willing to go to work. And so today was a, a great practice because, again, you're not having to, you know, get guys going, you know. Let's freaking go. <laughs> and uh, they're, they're – Everybody's, you know, got really good juice and Fired energy up. to them. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, Toby. That's, that's a fair point. It, uh, you know, giving up six points, you're going to take that every single time. But uh, it wasn't totally dominant in the sense that, you know, Cincinnati had had some yardage and moved it here and there. Do you know the thing that stood out to me? And I guess I, I get made fun of this because I. Uh, maybe I'm. Maybe it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. Like I read into things Good too morning, much. Taylor. What's up? 
But whenever he said they really take it personally and it matters to them, I I think call me cheesy, call me, you know, digging for storylines. That's kind of what we do. I don't care. I'll wear it. That's a big deal to me. That's something that when I hear that, it it registers. It's it's something to where I say, yeah, let, let's go. Let's stink and go. Because when it's something that you take that personal, it's a big deal. and becomes a bigger deal to you. Uh, it's why, I mean, not to try to compare this show to a football team, but it's why I'll, it's why I'll always get triggered by people who are smart Alex on the, the text line. It's like, this, this is my life. This show matters to me. I spend, even though I do a lot of radio shows, this is the show that I spend 24 hours, 365, preparing for and can't wait for because we talk about the things that I'm really passionate about, like Sooner football, Sooner softball, Sooner basketball, all these things that matter to me. So I take it very personally. And when you hear, when you hear people that take things personally, it's a big deal. And to hear that, that that matters to this defense is is awesome. Did you hear the cut on P.J. Uh, Eddie Bauer? I did, but I'd love to hear it again. Where's he going to be in a couple of years? Well, I was on the plane, and I'm watching some of the game. you got you know your computer, and you're watching the game. And, man, I pause it, and I'm like, I go find Coach Chavis, and I'm like, hey, uh, P.J.'s got to play more. You know? <laughs> and uh, I said, Coach, he played 23 snaps, and he played the second most snaps of any of the guys. I'm like, oh, okay, all right. So he didn't play more. I just wanted more than that. Yeah. Uh, no, he's, you know, he has, he, he's, he's going to be really, really special. He, you know, he's got great length, got a great frame. He can, he can run like hell. You know, he can fly. And uh, super explosive, but he's not just a fast guy. You know, he's he's wiry, strong, and uh, you know he's already developing developing some tools too. Yeah. I don't know if it's it was he did the the swipe, and I don't know if that's something he just naturally did. But that's a that's a high level pass rush move, and it looked good. Yeah, no, they work on it hard, Coach Chavis. You know, he thinks he's uh, an older <laughs> PJ yeah. out of Barway, but he's nowhere. You got He's definitely a poor man's. PJ. You got a comp there for him, somebody you've coached in the past, just like physical makeup and everything? I, this, the guy that, because he was long and skinny, a guy we had years ago at Kansas State named Darren Howard. Darren was a All-American. He played for probably 12, 13, 14 years in the, in the NFL. Lowly, lightly recruited guy from Tampa, Florida, 215 pounds out of high school, and, um, and played for a long time. He's probably... And, or maybe a much more athletic Cleland Farrell, who, again, is a kid that at Clemson was the fourth pick overall in the draft. He was the 99th-rated defensive end coming out of high school and just developed. But they had the same frame. P.J. can run a lot better than, than Clee. And uh, so anyway. Uh, Future's bright. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, that's pretty exciting. Do You do know how a Clee Farrell comp hits with me, right? Yes, very warm reception from yourself, I'm sure. But he was in, amazing college, in, college. in college, he was unbelievable. I'm not familiar with uh, Darren Howard from Kansas State. Was he pretty awesome? I don't know. It, it, it led me down a Darren Howard rabbit hole, as you might imagine, before the show started. But he did have himself a whale of an NFL career. I mean, if you stick around for 12 years, you're doing something, right? Yeah, yeah I mean, he's he spent 
five years, six years with the Saints, and six years with the Eagles. So, I mean, he finished with 67 career uh, sacks. It's not too bad. Uh, he was also an all-Big 12 performer. Six, oh, where is his measurable? 6'3", two, 260, not too shabby. Now, do Clee Farrell, Plank. No, I refuse. Refuse. So, we're going to see more P.J. Atabare, you think? I think so. By the way, speaking of, of Clee Farrell, um, he's absolutely crushing it with the 49ers right now. <laughs> because, of course he is, right? Of course, once he leaves the Raiders, things would go well for him with the 49ers. But this is not a show about Clee Farrell and his ineffectiveness with the Raiders. This is a show about P.J. Etabaure. Am I saying I, I always think of Eddie Bowerway is, is how I'm thinking about it, in, in how Brent Venable sees him, which I think is exciting. Now, you might say to yourself, Plank, you're 16 minutes into this out, and you haven't had anything from Brent Venables on what he's seen from the offense. We'll hit it when we come back. How's that sound? In the meantime, I really like this from Big Dog from Tulsa, who writes, It's extremely refreshing to hear after a win, quote, There were times we played really well, but we're not anywhere near what we could be, rather than, quote, We're close. We're really, really close. After a loss. After a loss, right. <laughs> yeah, I mean – what is what is Brent Venable's motto? I mean, what is what are we putting on shirts? It ain't good enough. It ain't good enough. It ain't good enough. Best is the standard. I mean, there's probably never. And my hope is that Brent Venables is the head coach for 20 years at the University of Oklahoma. And there are titles after titles after titles. And I guarantee you, after that 20 years to 30 years or whatever is over, there will still be like a championship game where they shut someone out, like the Florida State game in 2000, where he looks back and he's like, you know, we, we yeah, let him we hit missed, us. had a coverage bust here. Early in that game, we let him hit us over the top with one. You know, it's just, there's always going to be something you can do better. It and you're right, enough. big dog, you're right. It's incredibly refreshing. That's that's how I feel about everything in life now. That's the approach all of us should be taking at home. It ain't good enough. It ain't good enough. Babe, how does this look? It ain't good enough. <laughs> End up in divorce court by the end of the week. All right, let, let's. BV did have some things to say about the offense. We'll get it next right here on the Home Sooner Fans. All right, welcome back into the Blank Show. Right here on the Ref. This is the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Sports Radio Network. Um, real quick, before we get back to Brent Venable's was there anything else that we need to take inventory of from the weekend that was in college football that we haven't really talked about yet? I thought out of the Big 12, one of the more impressive performances was what Kansas State did. Nice little bounce back. Had to have it. Yeah, they, they lost a game that you kind of look at and you're like, wait, did, did Kansas State just lose? They've been dinged up. Well, Howard got hurt. Their starting running back was out, or at least Treshawn Ward, the preseason newcomer of the year. And they went out, ran 82 plays against UCF. And those 82 plays, 40 of them were rushes. 40 times, 200 
and 81 yards on the ground. DJ Gins was unstoppable. Holy he, smokes, he 200 with, yards. Yeah, he finished with 293 total yards. He had four touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, I thought, you know, I, we haven't heard from Tectina, but I thought the I thought the West Virginia win was head-scratching. What are you laughing at? My man from Junction City. Oh, yeah, DJ, DJ Giddens going off. How the West Virginia's win was big? I mean, look now, West Virginia's 3-1, and one, and their only loss is to Penn State. They're doing it with a backup quarterback and Nico Marchio. Is, is Mr. Brown going to save the gig? He's got a chance. He's got a chance. They might get smoked this weekend. If they if they go to TCU and win, though, it's oh he's in. I mean they're they're I think he's in because they're going to beat Houston. They might beat Oklahoma State at home too. Yeah, they they could be on uh, a bit of a roll if they hey, win this week. I, I thought I thought the Iowa State Oklahoma State game is still just shocking to me that those teams combined to put up what was it sixty one points after what they done offensively. It hit the over in the second quarter. They hit the over. It's just how. How could – and there was supposed to be this monster storm that came through and it Sports. never materialized. Not that I bet the over-under or anything, but it's just hilarious to me. No, that uh, did not go according to script okay, for the, sure. The one thing that still surprises me is that Kansas is as big of an underdog as it is against Texas this weekend. Yeah, but not, that, not a lot of respect for KU's defense, maybe? That, that KU win over BYU, that's a good win, man. That's a good win. I thought BYU might go on the road and beat them. I had that in my upset pick kind of folder. I had that. I had SMU. I had Texas Tech losing to West Virginia. Of course, I chose San Diego State. 17 points right now for Texas. It's a massive line, right? Yeah. Beyond the Big 12, anything else? How's um, how's things in uh, Hawkeye country? Terrible. Absolutely horrible. I, I I think Penn State might be really good. I think Penn I, State might be really there's good. There's no way to tell. They played a JV team. Is that what happened? <laughs> well, we'll know October 21st against Ohio State. Speaking of Ohio State, Ryan Day was uber fired up, maybe a little over the top. Poor Lou Holtz sitting around watching the game, catching strays. <laughs> he shouldn't have opened up his uh. mouth. <laughs> I, I still haven't found exactly what Lou Holtz said. I mean, I've got it. I think I can find it. For don't, you. don't worry. I, I think we did the same bit yesterday. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Uh, you know, it's kind of was a sneaky good game, LSU Arkansas. Yeah, and I thought I, I thought about that for my upset special. I mean, it wouldn't have mattered. No, but lost. it would have been close. I mean, close would have looked better than Ole Miss uh, at Alabama. I guess you just have to accept that it's not going to happen for Ole Miss against Alabama. Yeah, right? Lane Kiffin, you choke, dude. Um. Yeah, late night, USC looked like they typically do defensively and letting a putrid Arizona State team hang in there. I don't know, I just thought it was it was supposed to be a, an incredible weekend of college football, and it absolutely was. Ohio State, uh, their win over Notre Dame. How good was it? I thought it was a great win. Now, I think they got bailed out by two like ridiculous coaching mistakes number one 10 men on the field don't know if it would twice 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 and then the second thing was the decision to throw the football when they could have been milking the clock a little bit oh man marcus freeman's got to be just getting crushed out there this oh week. he is he absolutely is don't worry don't you worry about it he absolutely is man uh 
How do they not score more points? I don't know, man. So that was just kind of getting caught up on other things in college football that we haven't really talked about. So uh, Sam Hartman, we're putting a pause on his Heisman candidacy? Yeah, for now. <laughs> for now, there's a little bit of a pause on Sam Hartman's Heisman run. All right, 405-329-9000. That's the best way to get in touch with the show, the Riverwind Casino jackpot line. And looky, looky, before we get more Brent Venables in here, True Sooner has checked in. What's going on, True? How are you, man? Man, doing good. Hey, I'm the one that sent you that out Eddie Bowerway text. I love it. That's the only way. That's the only way that I can remember. I, I can even get remote. I mean, you know, it, it sounds like Eddie Bowerway to me. So that's how I always remember that. Mm. Well, fingers crossed uh, that I that I get it figured out. Hey, yeah, well, you're doing better than I am. So. Oh no. The email for the uh, student section of OU is moving. Yeah. Yeah, they're moving the uh, student section around a little bit over to the uh, closer to the north, well, into the north yeah. end zone a little bit. Yeah, yeah. No, you've uh, been cutting in and out, True. We got guys, you now, I think. I think he's. Are you here? Okay, okay. Right, there you go. Yeah, I'm here. So, yeah, I, so they, I got the deal yesterday because one of my pairs of tickets are affected by that. And it's it's interesting. They're moving they're moving the students more into the north end zone, it looks like. And then they're moving. It looks like the visitors are going to stick up there, like in the very northwest corner. And then some of them are on that east side upper deck up there. So, and they're opening up section 31 and 32, which are going to be, uh, you know, looks like 30 or 40 yard lines. Um, they're going to let us go in there and pick seats to replace those uh, north end zone seats that they're taking away from us. So it's interesting uh, that the visiting teams get more seats is one thing I noticed. The visiting teams get 5,000 seats now in the SEC. And they've all got to be lower deck. Or at least half of them have to be. Half of them have to be. And the band has yeah. to be in the lower deck, too. So and It has to be, but it has, but it has to be further away, doesn't it? It doesn't have to be in the north end zone now. Right, right, right. I think it has to be. A lot of changes, man, but I guess it's that way uniform throughout the SEC, which is, which is good. It means maybe we'll get a chance at, you know, I mean, 5,000 seats. I guess that's twice as many as what the visitors usually get, so I guess we'll get it at – Whenever we go to Bama and places like that, but sure. I was just curious if you if you had talked about it and saw it and all that kind of stuff. So I read the a- I read the uh, thanks for the call, true. Yeah, I re- I read the article in the the OU Daily was the first I saw it, and then whenever I was driving in, Tej and Toby were talking about it. I don't. I hate change. I'm just a creature of habit. I. I, I hate change, so I understand how this can be very frustrating to to some people. But I, I, I got to be honest with you, Josh. This is one of those you know unintended consequences. I don't think, I don't think anybody, whenever they they dove into the SEC, did so with the idea that, hey, we want to make our fans absolutely be dis displaced. I don't I don't think that's the plan at all. So they're doing they're they're doing what they can to make this smooth. With the understanding the Royal that, Bay at Oklahoma, right? With the understanding that yeah, some folks are you know, have been in seats for a long time and they're disappointed. So yeah, it it's sucks. not not great. It sucks. All right. Um before we go to break, I, I mentioned we had Brent Venables on the offense. <laughs> that text right there. That, that text right there from the 405. 
brilliant. But listen, we open it up for everybody. We open it up for everybody. That's what we do. Nothing negative. Josh Helmer. I thought what Brent Vittable said about the offense was really good. And it answers, or at least, it's the best way to put it, kind of checks off the box of things you need to know or things you want to hear based on how a majority of us feel offensively. So here was BV talking about the precision and what he saw from his offense Saturday. If you just do just a one guy here, one guy there, just do we're a little more detailed. Um, we've got a little better timing. Uh, we, we have a little better accuracy. You know, it's amazing. I mean, to me, the game should have easily been 34-6 with not much different. And uh, it's easier said than done, but uh, at least. And But you, whether it's you had a couple of holds uh, that after conversions on third down, uh, we had a, a drop, a couple of drops. We had um, a little more precision in the run game. We got to get more detailed. You know, we, we gave up just one sack, um, which I think we're third in the country in sacks given up. So our pass pro was 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 pretty firm. Uh, not perfect, but pretty firm. Uh, Dylan make, made a bunch of great decisions, um, played with toughness. Um, you know, he'd like to have a, a throw here, there, you know, maybe with a, you know, he could get back. Uh, running game, again, 12 of, you know, the first, second down runs were called runs with an RPO. So those are, and there's times when there's probably twice out of those times that probably should have handed it instead of throwing it out there. And again, that's every game you can look at that. Sometimes it works for your benefit, sometimes it doesn't. But um, when we are running it, we've, you know, our pass pro with our running backs was excellent. But some of, you know, we've got to make that second and third level defender. We've got to make a miss. We, three or four times, we, we let somebody get us down one-on-one -on -one where there's quite a bit of space and we've got to be better, you know, than that. And uh, but we just got to get a little more detailed. We we had a couple of and, and those are drive killers on offense. You, when it doesn't work, you know, you have to quit and punt, mm -hmm. you know, on defense. When it doesn't work, you know, maybe they get a first down. Well, you got. All right, let's start over. All right. Let's start from here. Let's have a, you know, maybe you can force a punt. Now it's a five play. And now it's a punt. And it looks pretty good. Now that's pretty good defense. Look at you having sympathy for the offense. <laughs> well, I don't necessarily have. I, I just try to have. Who you are know, you? I just have perspective. Yeah. You I know, you were going to give that when you when you mess up on defense, they score. It's a touchdown. Well, there's no that happens too. You know, <laughs> um, but defense doesn't get a punt. You know, they got to figure it out. And so, you know, there's some there's some great opportunities there to you know teach some guys that uh, we got to get we got to be better, more precise, more detailed in some of the run games things, and uh, more consistent in, in that way. We slipped on the turf on a couple of our openers, first play of the drive. And, you know, the analytics will tell you that P and 10 first and 10 has more of an effect on the outcome of a game, on your success as a team, than any other stat uh, right now. And that's on both sides of the ball. Your success offensively and defensively on first and 10, P and 10 first play of the drive or first and 10 within the drive, you know, what that, you know, EPA looks like. 
So I was I was going through. Oklahoma's defense was incredible on first down. They were absolutely incredible. I mean, second and six, second and ten, second and twelve, second and eight. I mean, it's just constant. I'm working on the average for Cincinnati that I'll have after the break. But Oklahoma's offense wasn't very good either. I mean, second and 14, second and 10, second and 10, second and 10. A couple second and threes, a second and five, second and 10, second and nine. I mean. Yeah, that's what adds up to not scoring a ton of points. Got to be better on first down, I think, is what we need to see offensively from Oklahoma and just continue that same defensively. I mean, I'm just trying to do the quick math in my head. Oklahoma's offense looks like it averaged second and second and eight. And it's probably about the same for Cincinnati's offense in the first half. It's a good spot to be, right? Get them a little bit behind the chains. Good spot defensively, not so great mm. offensively. <laughs> All right, quick break. Um, when we come back, more uh, of a recap from Sooner Sports Talk with Brent Venables. But we'll pause it for a minute. We'll pause it for a minute to hit your texts. That's next, right here on The Ref. So thinking about second down, I got through Cincy during the break. And the average is? 6.59. So, you know, almost seven yards for the game on second down. In the first half, it was 7.7. So even better. Right. In the second half, it was 5.5. I've got, let's see here. Just I, I finished the first half for the Sooners. P and 10, possession and 10, first and 10. Uh, Coach Venable said on the Coach's Show last night, uh, it's the most important stat in in the analytics world. You want to know what Oklahoma's average was in the first half for second down? Yeah, I'd love to know. 8.3. Oh, terrible. 8.3. Well, that's, that's what happens when you don't run the football effectively. Right. And so that means, so they had 12. They only had... Two, three, four, five, six, seven. They only had nine third, uh, second downs in the second half. Um, I don't think it's going to be much better. Ten, ten, you have one, two, three, four second and tens. Would you like me to try and figure out the average for you in the second half? No, well, I mean, I think I can do it. If you give uh, me the numbers, I can find it out for you pretty uh, quick. 15, 21, 22. 22 plus 11 is 33, 43, 53. 60-67, so 67 divided by 9, is that right? Or is it the I, other way around? I, I don't know. You're Seven, looking at it. 7.4. So they were second and eight in the first half, second and seven in the first half. And change. And change. Yeah, not good. So Coach knows that. I, I like that uh, he's thinking that way a little bit. OU Optimist hits us up on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line and writes, Glad to hear BV say running backs need to make people miss. That makes me feel more hopeful about our run blocking. It also, for those of you, <laughs> for those of you that have allowed yourself to become uh, anti-Marcus Major people on the, on the text line, a gust of wind knocks that guy down. That would probably add to your feel, right? You, you sniff on his shoelaces and he falls down. Yeah, this could. Do you have the clip of BV talking about how the same ref made three real bad calls against OU? May, maybe. Just maybe I do, Josh. Just maybe I do. 
you know, those, those five drives are really good drives. We fumbled on one, which, you know, you, we're getting ready to be, it's going to be a first down and first and goal. And you got to believe that's going to be a touchdown. We got no points there. We turned the ball over. And then we had to settle for two field goals. And one of them, we had to hold in penalty and had to settle for the field goal. And we had to drop on another one. We didn't get the, didn't get the, uh, the PI in the end zone. And we, you know, things like that happen, but you get back the, the ruling after, you know, you, every Monday you get ruling back on different controversial calls or whatever and sure enough the guy two hands shoved him right in the back you know yeah and uh and that that we would have been first and goal you know what the ruling say just oh they got feet tangled up <laughs> like guy freaking smashed him in the back <laughs> you know? rule in the game it was uncatchable that's what he, he that's by the way i'll jump in there that's exactly what he said during the game i was standing right there that was right in front of me and the referee went with the uncatchable which by the way it was a very catchable football. <laughs> I mean, it was uh, of the things that you might have wanted to say. And I honestly, in the college game, I don't feel like you get the benefit of the doubt on uncatchable balls ever no. on pass interference. No, usually they throw, ever. That, they throw that penalty mark. Right. The guy on the side. The guy, the guy on the sideline, he's the guy that called the one inbounds on their sideline that they – they had caught he he spotted the third and short and then he also had that call in the end zone and uh so anyway so with hey man you make your own luck <laughs> it was so basically uh that side, official was that side judge that you know toby has talked about this quite a bit on the broadcast i don't know how much he's brought it up on his show but his his take on spots i i don't know What's going on? But we are – it is a big problem in college football with spotting the football. We're not close. We're not close. It's a big problem in college football with people understanding the new clock rules. I've watched a lot of games to where that clock's not stopping under two minutes for a first down. It should be the easiest thing, too, because you, you – It should, happened against Tulsa in the end of the first half. Spotting the football, you should have somebody in your ear at all times. No, 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 no. 43, 43, 43, 43 right. 43. Right. I mean, it, uh, you know, but uh, the, the fact that they could review the one play and still call it a catch is dude, just put that. I, they did not show a lot on the replays inside. And I don't know if this was a Cincinnati thing or what, because they didn't show any replays of the baseball game on Friday night either. We're like staring at the jumbotron. It's like, can we get a replay? They hardly showed anything during the football game. We don't do that in Cincinnati. We don't. That's a no. For all you people outside, it's Ohio against everyone. Don't you understand? Ohio against the world. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, I was, I was really miffed by that catch call. I mean it, it looked to me that he that it wasn't even close to a catch on the far sideline, and they ruled it a catch. Yeah, foot was out of bounds. But was it just they didn't have a good replay angle? No, they had they had the replay. I I I don't know how. And I'm not going to sit here and say it was the most conclusive of all time. It wasn't as though, like, half of the foot was out of bounds. Mm -hmm. But as someone that's watched plenty of football and reviews, I don't know how they didn't overturn it, man. I don't either. No clue whatsoever. Second and eight. Second and eight ain't too bad. Signed Casey Dunn. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That's right. That's pretty good, dude. Casey Dunn's like, hey, second and nine, we work with that. What I tell you about Oklahoma State? What I tell you last week? They spent too much time trying to tell you how good things were, 
how good South Alabama was. Then and South just, Alabama went out there and got, got waxed. Uh, Camo Sooner writes, anyone that says OU's defense has looked good because they haven't played anybody needs to look around the country and notice all the ranked teams that have struggled with lesser opponents. Preach. Preach. Now, Oklahoma's doing good things defensively. There's no doubt. Tulsa went on the road and beat Northern Illinois. That was last a really weekend. good win for them. It's great. You know, it's kind of weird because I was thinking about my previous life and how much time we would have, how many man hours we would have spent on the show talking to you football. And I just barely get to now. But yeah, it was awesome. It was good to see them win. Would you like to carve out uh, Plank's Tulsa thoughts? <laughs> yes. Yes. I don't have, unless TJ blocked Kindle on the text line, I don't have all my Kindle texts to remind me of he, what's going on at TU. He reported back uh, at. Oh. At some time recently, it's my understanding through the grapevine that he got a new job, and so he doesn't oh, text as much anymore. Congrats, Kendall. Congrats. Um, Cruton Therapist writes, success is fertile ground for impatience. Too many OU fans demand five-star recruiting and player development, and yet expect that to happen in weeks instead of years. I, I, I contend this, Cruton Therapist, that it's a very small group of fans that are very loud. I think a majority of people get it. I really do. But I just I feel like it's a small, loud group. It's like those who push back against any kind of change for like arena builds, uh, arena projects or new construction within cities. It's not a massive group, but they're just loud enough to cause problems, right? It's kind of what I feel like with all the Negative Nancy's. Hey, it's not a large group, but it's a group that's loud enough to where it makes it seem like it's a loud group. They've got our attention. Right. They get my attention. Um, And then a lot of reaction to our Colorado take earlier. Uh, Honolulu Sooner writes, to Prime's defense, he has professed that he has no bench. I'm still watching him against USC and all of the KRF Army rooting against Tebow. (laughs) Uh, and then the 918. It's hard to admit that somebody just flat out got out coached. Happens all the time. It does. Out coached, outplayed. <laughs> 918. All of it. Keyshawn Johnson is acting like Jay Norvell flew out to Oregon, went into Dan Lanning's office, and said, Here you go, coach. This is what you need to see. Here's your Buffalo's Bible. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I got one more from BV. We'll play next, talking about just his overall feel for where this team is right here on the route. I'm, I'm in analytics mode right now, Josh. Nerd not like crazy on these numbers that we had. Um, Brent Venables talked about how he felt that Jaron Kanick played on Saturday. Uh, he was he was great. He yeah. was all over the place. Um, did a lot of things that were, you know, really good in both run defense and setting the front and his pass coverage. Um, some of the pressures that we did took really good angles and. Uh, you know, he's just going to continue to get better. He he, and that group, they work so incredibly hard. Um, they feed off each other. They love to work. They love to grind. They're super humble. And uh, they immediately know when they don't do something right and, and uh, work hard to get it corrected. So I expect continued growth uh, all uh, year long. But I guess we're, we're looking at them here. There's one of their quarterback draws. And really, um, I thought that was, you know, Part of the success was not allowing the quarterback to, you know, have any consistency, you know, running the ball or improvising. He had a couple of nice plays. He's going to make some plays. And uh, but uh, again, 
because we're just jumping right in on the defense here. So uh, there's a lot that was, um, you know, those guys were a big part of, you know, uh, Jaron had seven tackles and uh, Danny had uh, 13 and uh, Desan and Desan only played three plays our first game and then got hurt. And he had seven tackles as well. Yeah, he had seven tackles and looked really good. Got beat on the wheel route, right? Got beat on the wheel route. But, but I think that's, that's one of those dudes that you feel, Josh, a little bit better now going forward, right? It's like, okay, all right. Gets out there, gets his feet wet. It's good to see. Yeah, that was uh, important to see him go do that with the Harrington status and, you know, some of the defensive backfield issues they've had injury-wise. To see him go out and perform was a a nice little uh, development for OU. All right. When we come back, uh, we are 30 minutes away from the Brenton Venables press conference. BV meets with the media at 11.30 every single Tuesday, and we bring it to you live right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. But before we get there, top five stories a day. It's a ref.